Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is October 18th, uh, 8th. Uh, we're recording this a day early, so I was trying to get the date right and I messed it up. But the release of this episode will be October 8th, 2018. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both at McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 113 where you'll be able to find... Uh, links to maybe some of the stuff we talk about, as well as ways to follow us, follow the podcast, find us on Twitter, and also check out libertymugs.com, where if you sign up to our uh, email list at mcflugel.com, you will get a discount over at Liberty Mugs. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Slappy Jones, and he's going to introduce our episode topic while Grum sits on top of the desk, staring at the wire, ready to start chewing it. Uh, thank you, Rallo, and uh, thank you, Grum, for providing Rallo an excuse to not know what to say. Yeah, I forgot to put him in the basement for recording this, so he would be yeah. out of my way, but still have the ability to blame him. Yeah, so if you if you get stumped, if I ask a question that's a little too tough, you can say Grum is chewing the wire, so thank you, Grum. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you all for listening. It's the Rallo and Slappy Show. I'm Slappy Jones. We got Rollo with us. Today we're going to talk about some successes uh, because everything seems to uh, be somewhat depressing when you think of politics and infighting and, you know, we're not going anywhere. Sometimes it seems like there's not being any progress made anywhere and you're, it can be very um, tough on a libertarian mind. Uh, you know, we all think these ideas are so great and we don't understand why these normies can't get it no matter how many times we tell them. Uh, but there, I think we are seeing some success uh, in, in society, in the country, whatever. And uh, we want to talk about some things that have happened um, recently, maybe anecdotal, but still impressive nonetheless. So, Rallo, where have you seen some, uh, some good stories, some improvements? Yeah, just in my, my normal life, uh, two people come to mind in particular just just because they're they're kind of stories that pop out the first one uh was is my dad we had a family party yesterday and we started you know just talking about stuff and we had mentioned this before he had talked about it a little bit uh he's got a kind of like tremors in his hand just kind of like a nervous system thing where it just kind of his hands start shaking a is little that bit. A, like a gen- mcflugel genetic kind of thing yes i am absolutely going to get it too Nice. Um, so, uh, and, and he's a musician, and so it makes it more difficult for him to play. Um, and actually, he <laughs> discovered that having a beer or two helps it out. And I'd mentioned it before, and then my brother actually mentioned it, and he said, like, well, what about marijuana? And uh, my dad's like, yeah, I, I want to talk to the doctor about that. And... That seemingly sounds nothing probably to a lot of people listening. Right. But for my dad, who was, you know, very conservative, I don't know how much of a neocon he actually really was. Um, But, you know, you're kind of typical conservative American, we'll say. Um, That bitter clinger type. Yeah, a couple of years ago, if you mentioned marijuana, he'd say, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if it's okay or you're bad for you. 
Uh, it's against the law, so if you get caught, you know, you would deserve to be in prison. Uh, but now he's, you know, he says that about the, you know, using it for medicine. And uh, not only that, as he's saying, it's ridiculous that people are being thrown in jail for it. And on top of that, he's saying that, you know, it's obviously got medicinal uses. And how awful and terrible it is, is that they're making that illegal to be used, or have been making it illegal, and it still is kind of, uh, to be used as medicine to help people out when the alternative is like synthetic heroin and is actually really bad for you and is highly addictive and, and causes mm-hmm. a lot of issues. Um, and so what's, what's kind of impressive about this is that it's not just like, he didn't just change his mind because, uh, you know, that's what the politicians he agrees with are saying. Um, not that he really does that. He's, he's actually, for being a conservative, he's, he's fairly independent with his, with his thought. Um, but still, it's, it's not just kind of going along with whatever he's supposed, he feels like he's supposed to believe. Right. Um, this is very clearly, um, he changed his mind on something and he, and it, he thought about it and, and now, uh, he, he's got a different perspective on it. Uh, so it's, it's, I know it sounds, cause, cause the drug thing and even this minor, he's not saying that, oh yeah, I mean, well, heroin should be legal too. He's more saying it for like, and I even think he, he even says that he doesn't think marijuana should be illegal. Um, but it's just nice to see. It's nice to see that that people can kind of just like free their minds from something that have been that's kind of caged them up for a while. Yeah, I guess a similar story with my dad is you know me and my dad uh, like to smoke cigars. So beautiful thing about cigars is uh, it kind of forces you to sit down for an hour or two and talk, um, which is great especially when you're a libertarian and have lots of stuff on your mind you want to tell people. Uh, so me and my dad have had many conversations over the years, and it's very similar to your dad in that he was a uh, pretty strict conservative. And uh, now he's at the point where he'll argue with his friends saying heroin should be legal. He says all drugs should be legal. And um, what got him to that, which is very, I mean, if you knew my dad, this is like, crazy to think this um but what got him to that point is uh talking about prohibition in the in the 1920s with alcohol and the crime that came around that and the poison booze that was around that and um you know the organized crime blew up when there was prohibition and once he made that connection it started to make sense like wow okay so heroin if it was legal, it would be safer. You'd know what it is. There'd be brands. People could use it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, people who need it could get it. And that's what happens. A lot of people who get hooked on heroin start with the prescri- the synthetic heroin that you were talking about, the prescriptions, and the prescription runs up, and they still need it, and they're forced to go to the black market. So legalizing these drugs would be huge in cutting back on crime, and I think he realized that. And he also thinks fewer people would use drugs if they were legal. And I, I think, I mean, at least initially it would probably increase because people want to try it. But I think that might that might be right. I, I don't know. I haven't thought much on it. Uh, in Portugal, they uh, decriminalized or legalized 
I think all it drugs. Went down. Usage yeah. went down there, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's that's pretty interesting. You know, if you want to end this epidemic, this um, uh, opioid ep- epidemic, that's one way to do it. <laughs> so, um, but that was really what convinced my dad is talking about Al Capone. Yeah, it's interesting because it seems like my dad came about it a little bit differently. He's actually coming at from more of the moral thing or just seeing the benefits of it. Because um, even uh, he was out in uh, Nevada, actually for, for music, and one of his friends uh, has Parkinson's or something. And when he gets like a, a, a fit or something, I don't know what you call it when you have Parkinson's, when you start... Uh, having your little episode, but he's like, he's, he's just like starts drooling and kind of, you know, can't, but he said they were out there and it started happening. And the guy's wife, you know, went out to the quote unquote store and came back with some cookies. He ate a cookie and he's like, and it stopped. And he's like, man, well, that's that's, impressive. Yeah. Right. Like, wow, maybe we should have this stuff. Right. And so he, you know, he's seeing that, seeing that it works and it's like basically a cookie and you know he grew up in the in the sixties. He, he he never did any any of that stuff. But you know he was he played music growing up, and you know he plays professionally, right? Uh, yeah, I guess now. I, I mean, mean semi pro. Yeah, he gets paid. Yeah, travels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, you know he he grew up throughout all of the uh, you know the sixties and the seventies. So he <laughs> there's a lot of people taking a lot of stuff yeah, he knows and. You know, he knows that the potheads were were harmless. Um, but but I there's he turns people gay. Is that uh, is that it? Was it? Wasn't it? What's that? Sh- Wait, reefer madness? No, nah, um, it makes you jump out of windows. Oh, oh, okay. And also, what they said in on the floor of Congress was it helps <coughs> it helps black men get white women. Yeah. Yeah. Can't have that. No, must make it illegal. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you see that, you see the, the benefits of it, and then you see that people who take it don't really have too much harm from it, and you realize, well, this doesn't make much sense, especially when, when you see alcohol is legal, and you see what problems that can cause, but then you can also see that you can use it pretty, you know, responsibly, and not yep. have problems, so... Um, and then I explained it to him, like, you know, you don't have to smoke a joint to get the benefits of, of medical marijuana. You could just take the cannabinoids and doesn't contain the THC. So I think that makes his, uh, improves his likelihood, I think of, of going that route. Sure. Uh, the other, other little story I had was someone at work who's in his mid fifties, and uh, also kind of has the same, he's less less of a staunch conservative, probably more middle of the road kind of guy. But um, we were talking, and one of our coworkers had jury duty. And so, you know, I kind of used that, jumped in on the conversation a little bit, didn't, didn't, you know, act crazy or anything. I was a responsible libertarian, but uh, I, I, I meant, I took the opportunity to talk about nullification though. Um, as I think you should, if you're a libertarian and juries come up, because it's it's very useful for people to know. Speaking of which, I got my federal jury duty next month. Oh, nice. And uh, and I and I explained it to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, 
No, that makes sense. I was kind of like, oh. Oh, I don't have to like really explain it further. I said that in my head. And then we started talking about it a little bit more. And he even said, he's like, man, I think that all drugs should be legal. I, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to put something in your body that I was like, kind of shocked. I'm like, I can't believe this guy's, you know, guy in his fifties. It's like from other stuff I've heard him saying, uh, talking about politically, uh, wouldn't have expected it. So it's, it's nice to, it's nice to see the times are changing a little bit and people, and he was open, um, open to these ideas uh, very open to the idea that you could just say, hey, I, I disagree with this law. Not guilty. Even though he did it. And then I even went further. I took it a step further and said, you might, with, with all these minimum sentencing laws, that you might agree that he committed a crime and it might be a, an actual crime, but you realize that there's going to be a minimum sentence that's going to be uh, more, do more harm than good, or you expect to do more harm than good. And it's reasonable to also nullify in that case. And he was not in the head. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, it's the... Uh, going to prison is the greatest place to uh, network with real criminals or worse criminals. So, uh, locking people in cages. And we've talked about this a lot before. But locking people in cages isn't, isn't really that great of a solution to problems. Right. Yeah, another, um, this is kind of anecdotal, but but I've heard it, well, these are all anecdotes, but from a few people, uh, more than, you know, more than, more than two, it was three or four, um, who with this whole Kavanaugh thing are just like, just brought it up. Uh, these are people who, um, mostly Republicans, I think maybe all of them were, I don't know, but at least, yeah, well, anyway, very much. Uh, government is good. We need government kind of people are just like throwing their arms up. Like, I can't believe this is real. And it is you now it's not like they're like, yeah, let's be anarchists. But every time there's these little cracks where you realize like they didn't even talk about any of the decisions or, may, or if they did, they didn't make a big deal out of it. We're all talking about things that happened 36 years ago. Um, all of them have all of them have said something similar to like if that's the standard, no one's qualified, which is correct. No one is qualified, but not for that reason. Um, and it just anytime anything erodes the trust in government, I think that's good. I think that opens the door to be like, you know, well, what do you think we need government for this, this, and this? Well, what if it could be done private? At least. When they see how absurd the government actually is when, when something like this Kavanaugh deal goes down, uh, it opens up the door to, to, to questioning it a little more and to thinking of better ideas. And do we really need these people? Are these the leaders like these guys talking about a high school party? Yeah, and I think that – I think a lot of people – I think the vast majority of people don't buy into most of this garbage that you hear from either side, either, you know, the, the very Republican and, and very Democrat. Well, yeah. So my side. boss at work is a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Big time, I mean, he's got a picture of Bill Clinton in his office. Um, 
was not happy about Trump getting elected. He wasn't losing his mind. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's a businessman. He's a smart guy. He's done very well for himself. He wasn't like totally losing his mind, but he wasn't happy about it. And just a couple of weeks ago, I hear him say someone brought up Trump and he just said he's so tired of hearing it. Look, we all come to work every day. We all do our job. It's the same as it was before Trump was elected. Just go do your work. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone is getting tired of this. And this is from a Democrat, you know. So I think there are some good signs. Um, yeah. No matter what the politicians do, we still have to come here. We still got to do our job. We still got to get these cases through and get the underwriting done. Like nothing changes. Just let's go. Let's get let's get it done. And that's such a great attitude. If we could just start ignoring these people and stop worrying about them. Uh, and when I say we, I don't obviously mean you and I and most of the people listening to this. But when the normies start to see it, it's a good sign. Oh, yeah. And I think most normies probably think that way. It's just that there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of social pressure. It's how it's what the media plays. The stories that they run are that you should think, you know, ex- in, in some certain way that I think people just kind of go along with it because they think, oh, man, I don't really want to rock the boat. So I'll just kind of keep my mouth shut. And and there's still culturally, like culturally, um, it's a good thing to know, to be informed about politicians and politics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if you walk down the street and you're like, yeah, my, uh, my state rep is this and my federal rep is this guy. Like people generally think like, yeah, you know what's going on. Right. Um, they don't think like, who cares? <laughs> Uh, so, you know, there is that, that kind of pressure to be involved, to vote, to know at least who's on the ballot. Most people still don't, but you you have those annoying people who do. (laughs) And people generally think they're smart or know what's going on. Um, so that's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that changes because that's, yeah, it just changes over time. People just get tired of it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just going to not matter. Exactly. It's going to not matter eventually. And, but in the meantime, like it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of the, I mean, I see the benefit of all this stuff that it's getting. So the, the, the everyday politics has just gotten to the point of absurdity that I think that maybe the, you know, we talked about the good side of it. Maybe the bad part is that they say, well, maybe we need to be, you know, better about this and, and vote harder next time and blah, blah, blah. Probably likely. Right. But as long as you get a couple people to be like, no, nah, this whole thing's stupid. Right. Well, it starts planting seeds in people's heads. Right. And I think that's good. Um, yeah, I'm just staring at Grom. Like, see, there you go. Biting you his toes. To yeah, see? not even biting the wires and he's still providing it out for you yeah i know well um anyway you got anything else what else is good or does everything else suck uh yeah i don't know yeah no there's just some like positive things that i think both of us have independently noticed over the last couple of months or weeks yeah it's especially it's it's good to take a, a step back because as libertarians it's it's tough and we're in our own little world and we look at the, the level of uh of of or the expectations we have for other libertarians if if a libertarian steps out of line even like a little tiny bit you know we all get up all up in arms about it and whether that's good or bad is is a 
a topic for another day. But it's good to take that step back, look at kind of the normies and see see kind of what directions they're going. And I think a lot of them are actually going in the right direction. Um, it doesn't mean... Even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. I do right. agree. And it's slow. You got to be patient. I don't need someone like my dad that next that in a week he's going to call me up and say, hey, guess what? I'm an ANCAP like you. That's not going to happen. And we don't really need it to happen. We don't need... Uh, I'm not expecting there to be this... Uh, you know, enough people become explicitly anarchists and they say we're not going to have government anymore and that's going to it's going to change society so that we uh you know it rejects government it's it's going to be a slow a, a, a slow game where mm-hmm. the market just kind of makes things obsolete and we see things like i mean i use uber as an example all the time but it's just a it's they didn't ask for permission and they did something that's better than the government sanctioned activity and there's zero chance that they asked permission, they would have gotten it. There's right. no way. Not with those medallions and how expensive they were and how the cabbies do have some influence in local government. And there's no way if they said, we want to come compete. And I know they wouldn't have because I, I know a guy who tried to start a cab company and couldn't even get close to getting in. Um, yep. Now, of course, that's in one area. Yeah, I know. But, you know. Uber didn't ask. Right. Uber just did it. And they, and they got popular to the point government couldn't say no. Yeah, they utterly destroyed that system. Yeah. Now it's like people don't even say, oh, get a taxi. It's, oh, get an Uber. People who would otherwise not get taxis are now getting Ubers. Even like, I'll bring my dad up. My dad now, you know, will get an Uber every once in a while when he, when he needs when he needs to. Um, it's like it's, it permeates society in people's minds so quickly. Um, and then they just reject it. They reject the, uh, or no, they, they reject the idea that it, it should be taken away or, or modified by an uninvited third party. I mean, pretty soon, in a couple of years, as long as this stuff keeps, Airbnb is another one, but it's, um, and not that they're not regulated at all by the state, but they represent something that's good, that you're not asking for permission, you're letting the market outstrip the the state and make the state's services obsolete, but... As time moves on, uh, and maybe we get a generation that wasn't, didn't really remember or wasn't old enough to remember what it was like in the past, that the idea of not having these services is going to seem like absolutely foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And if it did try to get taken away, they're just going to be like, what do you like? It, it, it's going to be a lot more drastic than it would for someone like you or me. It's like when your kid, like telling your kids what it was like to grow up without high speed internet let alone the internet, mm-hmm. let alone Wi-Fi or 4G or, you know, it's it's going to be really foreign. So, uh, you know, the market, the market's way better than the state and it's going to keep producing these things and people are going to get used to it very quickly because we like when problems get solved for us. And as society gets, like people are worried about robots taking over. Well, when robots start doing our jobs, it frees us up to do other things. Right. You know, that maybe people don't even know could be jobs. Um, and you can work less hours and prices should go down, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, just darn it, Federal Reserve. Yeah. Well, just think of your own job and think about like these tasks that 
are annoying, but you got to do. That if you didn't have to do these certain tasks, like what that could free you up to do. Right. How much more productive you could be. Um, and that's really all automation is. Mm-hmm. It just frees you up to do bigger and better things. To do other things. Yep. So embrace it. And that's the other thing. I mean, people don't really, people don't complain about computers doing their jobs. Imagine, imagine taking a computer or the internet out of someone's office and saying, all right, Here's now do your work. Library worth of books. Yeah. Do your work. Here's a, uh, a Rolodex. If you need a catalog or something for, for something or information, you call this person and they'll mail it to you. Right. Have fun. I can't imagine, like with my job, oh, I can't so imagine what it was like before the internet doing that stuff. We run all our quotes through software on, and email them, you know, print them to a PDF and email them. Yep. Back in the day, you'd have to either hand deliver them or put them in the snail mail for yeah. a quote. Yep. And it's, we, we do it and you can do a quote in 10 minutes. That wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, the, what technology is bringing is amazing. Right. And once we get sound money that's government hard, that really just uh, it, it puts the afterburners on. Yeah. And the sky's really the limit. So that's why I'm excited. Uh, and that's why I kind of have a, a better perspective that allows me to notice, kind of ignore or just disregard the bad. Not disregard it, but not get caught up so much in the bad things I see happening. There's no reason to lose sleep over it. Right. But acknowledge, but it helps you acknowledge and, and feel a little better about the good things you, you see. Right. So, I don't know, you have any other stories on that? Could we... uh, no, I mean, you got a free market story for this week? I do. I actually, I think I have a pretty good one today. Oh. Um, so, I was uh, I was cooking this morning. Uh, I made like a little like pork rib roast thing. And uh, I used up... Sounds like a good breakfast. Uh, it was dinner because this cooked in the oven for all day. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, I used all the garlic I had. And I didn't really plan it out. I, I, I wasn't thinking. And I went to cook a, a kind of a beef to, stew type thing uh, that was going to cook all day as well. And when I was chopping up like the carrots and onions and celery and stuff, and I realized, wait, I just used all my garlic uh, for the pork. I was like, well, I could use garlic powder, but that's terrible. Um, the closest supermarket to me is like a 15-minute drive. So it's probably 40 minutes to go get a couple cloves of garlic, which was not exactly what I wanted to do. I could do it. A little inconvenient. Right. It's it's great that that exists, but uh, a couple months ago, there was a a little... There's this little store that had been closed down for a while, right down the hill from my house. Uh, you know, I live in the middle of nowhere, but this is like the one business that exists in like, you know, a five mile radius. And uh, it's like a little Italian deli. So you, oh, I was going to say you stopped in Liberty Mugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're the other bit. Liberty Mugs <laughs> is the other business in the. But, uh. <laughs> Although we're more of a pirate business, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but I was like, man, all right, well, I know they like sell like 
cook their Italian deli, so they sell like specialty items and everything, and and they also you know serve uh, prepared food, Italian stuff. So I know they have garlic there. I wonder if they sell garlic. Even if they don't, I wonder if they. I could just just ask the guy. Yeah. So I went down. Um, it's actually close enough that I could ride my tractor down, but uh, I decided just I'll just take the car, and it's literally like thirty seconds car ride to get down there. So this saves me a lot of time. So I go in there and kind of look around, don't see it, and I go to the guy and say, "Hey, do you guys sell? Do you guys have garlic here?" And he goes, "No, nah, we don't." And I was like, "Uh," I was like, "Well, can you like?" Do you have? And he's like, yeah, maybe we have some, like some in the back. Let me let me see. What, like, let me ask. I've never really done this. I don't know how to like how I would do this. So we went back and asked asked I guess the manager or something. The manager's like, no, we don't do that. And uh, kind of overheard him. He's like, yeah, we just just gonna tell him no, we don't sell garlic. And uh, they come around and the guy asks like, so what, what do you? Like, what are you looking for? I'm like, well, I'm just like looking for a clove of garlic or something. Like, I'll give you five bucks for like two cloves. And he goes, well, we don't really sell. We don't have it in cloves. We have them in water. So he shows me like a little tub and he goes, you know, just like a a tub like this. If I fill it with garlic, is that good? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so he he brings it out and we go to the the cash register and he's like, "Uh," he's like, I don't really know what to charge you. He's like, is is three bucks okay? And I said, I'll give you five bucks for it because, you know, you guys are helping me out. And so we did it, made the transaction. I was on my way in, in just a few minutes. Um, and I was able to, you know, continue cooking, not really lose much time at all. So even if they did, or even if, let's say this story happened a little bit differently, that I went down there and they said, yeah, we, we've got garlic back here, but we're not going to, we're going to five bucks for this uh, little container, which is way more way more than I could buy or uh, way more expensive than I could get it at a supermarket. Garlic is like less than a dollar a clove. How much could it cost? $10? Yeah. When have you, when was the last time you went food shopping? <laughs> um, and they could have, they could have gouged the price and uh, I would have paid it. And you gouged it for them. Yeah. I gouged the price for <laughs> them because it was, it was my, I was taking my time into account when I was making the purchase too. That had other things to do. That five dollar, that extra, let's say that extra four dollars. That extra four dollars was well worth saving myself a half hour. Um, not necessarily because I was going to make. I I was like, oh, I can I can make five dollars if I have this if this uh, spare half hour in my day. No, I just wanted to do other stuff. I didn't want to have to go in my car and, and drive down, go to the hassle, all that, and do all this stuff, drive back, and now it's, you know, you add a half hour or however long it takes to how long it's got to cook. And then it backs me up at the end of the night because it was going to cook all day. And I have to clean clean everything when everything's done, and it, you know, it gets late, and I don't want to do it. So it, uh, it, it, really helped me out today and it just was a nice little thing that you could do on the side and just say you can make arrangements with people um and we both ended up a little bit more wealthy as a result 
they got more money than they uh they, they obviously valued the five bucks more than the uh the garlic i valued the garlic more than the five bucks so it was a neat little thing uh everyone was happy and it just shows uh it's possible in a free market. Yeah. You can get garlic. Yeah, because you, can you imagine if there's like a, you know, a rule that says, no, you got to have it on your, your list or something, or I don't know. I don't know what rules there are for for stores like that for selling stuff, but hey. Yeah, just another, just a point on the market is, uh, you said it was like liquid garlic? No, they just had it in water. They just had the in garlic. The, gotcha, the, gotcha, it, gotcha. it peeled and, and just suspended yeah, in water. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, how hard is it to grow garlic? Not hard. Wait, I've, could you do that in our climate? Yeah, I'm probably going to do it next summer. How long does it take? A couple months? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of convenient to just go somewhere and pay someone a couple bucks for it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are say that oh, you should grow your own food to be a better sure. libertarian, and that's I'm sure it's, it's fine if that's yeah. what you want to do. Like, right. great. And and I have a fairly large garden. And I grow a lot of stuff, and I I really like it. Um, but I do that not for liber- <laughs> there's just, there's really no libertarian reasons I do that. It's all because it's a hobby, and I like doing it. So yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's great. I love it. I love going out and saying, you know, about ready to cook dinner. So what do I want? Well, let me just go out and see what's uh, what's available in the garden. Or getting fresh herbs out of there. It's awesome. I love it. But it's a lot of work and it's expensive. Yeah. So I'm probably, I don't know. I've never tried to calculate um, with all the money I spent on that, gar- putting that garden together um, versus what I would spend buying a, uh, buying groceries or just buying produce at the store. Yeah. Certainly in the first couple of years, it's, <laughs> you're not making money. I guess it's a long thing. Once, once it, uh, the payout would happen over, over a long period. And, uh, it doesn't help when all the vermin like deer and groundhogs are, are eating everything. So you gotta spend more money to, to build a fence around it. Yeah. You keep them away. Yep. Um, so I just let the professionals do it and I buy it from them. Yeah. Divisional labor. I think that's his libertarian, libertarian reason to do it too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't begrudge anyone either way. Yeah. But, uh, anything else to add? Uh, nope. Just, uh, again, show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 113. You'll find links to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, or uh, if you want YouTube, make sure you, you when you if you go and subscribe on YouTube, make sure you click on the little uh, bell for notifications because if you subs- if you just hit subscribe, you don't actually get notified of anything. It's kind of weird how YouTube does that. Also, check us out and follow us on Twitter. We'll be linked there as well. Uh, and LibertyMugs.com. Sign up at the McFlugel. Uh, dot com newsletter you'll get a discount at libertymugs.com or if you follow our link at libertymugs.com to sign up for the tom woods liberty classroom we will give you a free liberty mug of your choice just make sure if you do that you let us know so we can uh, send you the coupon code because i don't know a, a good way to do that automated yet uh that's all i had
Cool. Well, we are recording for the Friends Against Government podcast. So we'll be on that coming up. Yeah. You should go check them out. Oh, yeah. I forgot to do the plugs. So we got the Friends yeah. Against Government. Got Man Sprayer, Free Man Beyond the Wall. Got Peaceful Treason podcast, which speaking of doing podcasts, we got to we gotta set that up with them. We've been talking about it forever. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. Yep. They've, they've got a good show. They always uh, always make ideas pop in my head when I'm listening. Also, their last episode was absolutely hilarious. Uh, they had a first in podcasting that I'm aware of when one of, <laughs> one of them got sick or vomited on air. And uh, wow. they they said it in the beginning and they in the description they talked about it, so you knew it was coming. And it was the funniest thing in the world. Just you got. I don't want to spoil it. You just got to go listen to it. I was dying laughing. It's been a long time since I've laughed that hard at a at a podcast for that long. It was it because it goes on for a few minutes and it's it's just absolutely hilarious. And then uh, Dino files. <laughs> Sorry, Dino. I'll have a raving review for uh, unless unless you've got a, an episode where you're vomiting. Let, let, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> we can give a raving review for that. But uh, all right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.